Thank you for joining us. In this podcast, we are real people talking about real things, child abuse and neglect, a topic that is all too often left in the shadows of silence, leaving survivors alone, fearful, and oftentimes without a voice. We're having conversations to become louder than silence. It is here where we will invite you to join us and be the change needed to end child abuse and neglect. Hello, everybody, and thanks so much for joining us today at our podcast for the National Foundation to End Child Abuse and Neglect. I am elated to have my friend Kathy Studer here. Um, Kathy and I met virtually like you know she wrote us a letter I almost two years ago a year and a half I think it was two years ago um, asking both myself and Dick Krugman to read um, kind of a draft of her book and I took it home that night and started reading and I couldn't put it down it was so empowering for me to hear somebody else just humbly and authentically share their experience. So Kathy, I can't thank you enough for being here. I'm not gonna give it all away because I would love for you to tell us all about your book and your experience. But I would just um, love to start with you telling us who you are and, and what you represent in the world and, uh, and we'll go from there. Well, thank you for having me. I'm honored and I'm so grateful that you and I both met. Um, it was mm-hmm. not by accident that we were brought together. Agreed. So this is a gift. Um, myself, I am, my trade job, I'm a hairstylist. I've actually been a hairstylist for 35 years. And two circumstances propelled me to write my book two years ago and step into the vulnerability and the courage of sharing my story. And every since then, I am on a mission for a purpose to share a message of healing along with raising awareness because it is within that awareness that every single one of us can take an action to defeat the childhood abuse statistics. Perfect. Amazing. All right. So can you just tell me, like, where did your story begin? Truly, my story began as a child when I was six years old and my mom worked nights and my stepfather at the age of six started waking me up in the middle of the night and sexually abusing me. And that went on for six years. The night it ended, I will never forget. Um, It was New Year's Eve and my, I'd gone to bed and my mom and stepfather had had an argument. And when he left the bedroom, she had a sixth sense to look in his wallet. And when she looked in his wallet, she saw letters that he forced me to write. Um, before he would abuse me, he wanted me to write down what he was going to do to me. And he would keep them in his wallet. And little did I know that his sick pleasure would be the catalyst for me to be free of what was a nighttime nightmare for six years. And that night, I can't tell you how grateful I was that night that my mom responded appropriately and kicked him out of the house. 
then the healing journey began and teen years and early adulthood was not easy. It wasn't until honestly that I became pregnant with my first child that I knew I had to do more to step into my healing pilgrimage because I wanted better for my kids. And it was within that journey, it took years um, to be honest and uh, an awareness and a mindset and a choice. And then when I was in a great place, it led me to a conversation with a client that I never saw coming that propelled me to the purpose to write my book. That conversation with my client. So as I said, I'm a hairstylist by trade. I see clients every four, six, eight weeks. And you can develop a close relationship with mm -hmm. people who see that often. Yeah. And one of those clients had a very nice smile and a sweet personality. Yet I knew she struggled with some depression and PTSD, and I mm -hmm. didn't know why. And one day she shared with me the why that she too had been sexually abused as a child. Then I shared with her what I had never shared with another client, and that was my story. We chatted that appointment and she left that day. And then when she came back for her next appointment, she asked me, she said, Kathy, did you suffer depression? I paused, suffered, no, I had depressed days and I had a tremendous amount of shame and incredibly low self-worth, yet I didn't. What about PTSD, she asked. Again, I paused. I had the shame, I had anxiety, I had incredibly low self-esteem, yet I didn't. Were you medicated, right? She asked. I know it's beneficial for some, but I didn't. And don't get me wrong, I told her, I was broken and I had a journey to heal, but I didn't. And that day she looked me square in the eye and she said, you need to write a book, girlfriend. <laughs> and yeah, I laughed it off to that day because I couldn't see the value and in the days to come, I went into serious reflection and deep introspection and started taking notes on index cards. And I wrote down attributes I applied, books I loved, quotes that empowered me, and scripture I drew strength from. And then what do I do? I have this unorganized pile of index cards. Dare I write a book? And then I was invited to a United Way Women's Leadership Network talk. And that night, the speaker was sharing her journey of how she became a victim of human trafficking by a family nanny. And then unfortunately later, became a victim of domestic violence by a boyfriend. Because unfortunately, when we suffer from one form of abuse, we are far more likely to suffer another. Mm -hmm. Exactly why it is so critical for us to move through and out of our traumas. But that night, I heard every word of her message. 
And the same time I got my own message. And that night I knew I was there for a purpose. And the purpose was, it was time to tell my story. I had a story that needed to be told and it was time to share it, write the book. So I started. Yeah, and tell us about your book. What's it called? My book is called Broken to Beautifully Whole. It is a compelling crusade to break the silence, move through our traumas, and heal the pain. And in my book, I share briefly, um, not descriptive, but what happened to me in that six-year journey as a child. And then why tell my story now? It, it was 40 years. Mm -hmm. and what I would learn is there was extreme value. And the gift as I started to write my book and I did my research, by the time I finished my book, I could fully explain why I healed my brokenness. I became whole again, pulling my pieces back together piece by piece and reduce my chances for depression, anxiety, and PTSD. It's not because I'm a phenomenon. It was the six attributes that I applied that I talk about. Uh, one, perspective. I kept my good perspective. Two, I continued and built my resilience. Three, I added gratitude. Four, I added self-compassion, which I did not have at all because unfortunately when we're victims of abuse, that's a tough one because of the shame and humiliation we carry for so long. Um, I found my faith, which provided me with love, compassion, and strength. And then the biggest gift with my faith is it allowed me to then consider my last attribute that I added, and that was forgiveness. And forgiveness by far was the hardest for me and by far took the longest. <laughs> Yet it was the last piece pulling me back together and allowing me to fully become whole and become mm -hmm. Kintsugi. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, tell us about Kintsuki, because that's my one of my most favorite things. And I, it's funny because I've used that for years and years and years in my practice. And then to see it in, on your first page inside your book, it just, and on your cover, I mean, it just fills my heart. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Mm -hmm. that's awesome. Well, when I was writing my book, I didn't know for sure what my cover would be until I was doing research and I came across the story and I knew this had to be it because it's the perfect metaphor for yeah. all of us who have gone through the healing process. So Kintsugi is a Japanese art form where they take broken pottery and they put it back together piece by piece with lacquered silver, platinum, or gold. It comes with the belief that once something's been broken, it can be repaired and become stronger and more beautiful. And then the cracks are meant to be highlighted, not hidden, a means to become whole again 
and embrace our imperfections. You just say it so well. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> like listening to is like reading poetry. Oh, <laughs> well, good. It's like, oh, yeah. Okay. So, you know, you know, part of part of what we're doing here at EndCan is recognizing and becoming a little bit more aware that talking about child abuse is just hard. And sharing our story is hard as well. But the reason people don't tell their story is because it causes such a ripple effect. And as victims, the very last thing we want to do is cause more harm or cause any harm, right? Um, let alone more harm but to something that already feels like it's weighted on our shoulders, like we're carrying it. And, and as you said, like that lack of self-love and and you know all the pain that we have inside, that outweighs everything. But then to realize that we could potentially be the cause of somebody else's that feels horrible, right? And so people don't talk about it. They yeah. don't share their story. They don't talk about it. They won't. They they won't you know, identify with it. And, and I understand that, golly, it, it, there are still parts of my story that very, very few people know because I know it will cause so much harm. Yeah. And I'm just working at being okay with just having my own story. And if other people wanna be harmed with that, that is up to them, you know, but I'm not, sharing my story so that I can cause harm. Absolutely. I'm sharing my story so that I can get out of the harm, you know? And so I'm curious for you, you know, publishing a book is, is you know, it's like the, the Academy Award of coming out and speaking out, you know, it's one thing to like go to your parents' house and have a hard conversation or to confront your offender or to tell your spouse or whatever. That's one thing, but it's another thing to like write it down, get a publisher, make thousands of copies, sell those copies. Like that's a different story. And I'm just curious, what has it been like for you? Good, bad, indifferent since you've done that? Yes, it's been all of that. <laughs> the very good news is I could say the majority has been incredibly well received. Mm -hmm. And the people who have for being a voice for those who don't have a voice or for those who are afraid to yet use their voice has made it worthwhile. But it, it's scary. I was petrified. I knew when the book came out, my life would forever be different. Mm -hmm. And let's be honest, that's frightening. Right before my book published, I had to go talk to my dad. My dad did not know my story. My mom did. And we didn't tell my dad for a couple of reasons. But one of the biggest was when the abuse ended, I needed my, I knew I needed my mom to heal. And I knew if I told my dad that he would try to take me away. And I also knew if I told my dad, we would have to prosecute. And when I stepped into forgiveness, one of the first things I had to do was forgive myself. 
because we didn't prosecute right away. And here's why, unfortunately, back in 1978, the laws were very different. A child's name was plastered in the newspaper. And at 12 years old, I knew I was strong enough to talk on the stand, but I was so petrified of what people would think of me. And I was so petrified to have my name in the paper. And unfortunately for those reasons, we didn't prosecute. Then later into adulthood, I did call children's services. And unfortunately, the statute of limitations was over and we couldn't prosecute. But at least I did my job and my due diligence to let them know they had a perpetrator in their, in their county. Um, I, I, there are some family members who are uncomfortable with me putting my book out there. Um, they believe it's airing dirty laundry. Mm -hmm. And you don't do that. Yet, here's what I can say. That is exactly what perpetrators and abusers want. I'm down on. Wives in silence. Mm -hmm. And we feed into that. Mm -hmm. If we don't air these stories, if we don't break the silence, if we're not louder than silence, if, if we don't step into these uncomfortable conversations, the abuse continues and they thrive. And it's, we've got to stop that. It's mm -hmm. time for the survivors to thrive. It's time to prevent survivors. Mm -hmm. And as scary as it was, I, I'm grateful I stepped forward, but mm -hmm. it was hard. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm grateful and honored to say that the majority has been very positive. That is great. That makes me really happy to hear. And that isn't the case for everybody, but I also think that we don't know until we know. You right. know, so we wouldn't, wouldn't it be worth trying and being right where we are yes. than yes. not trying and being right where we are, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so either way we can end up right where we are, but the possibilities yeah. of the freedom and the, and the help, you know, just in, in having somebody else be in it with you and the help that you can provide, like you shared to other people just by way of having a, a voice. Sometimes you are their voice for a long, long time. You know, I think that's it, just so beautiful. So let me just ask my last question today is what are your hopes for the future of child abuse and neglect? Uh, uh, my, my dream would be to eradicate um, everywhere and I will do everything within my power to be the person who breaks the silence, to be the person who empowers others to use their voice. Our, I believe every single person can take an action. Everyone, if, you know, even if it's just as simple as teaching your children they have boundaries, teaching your children they can say no, teaching your children what does consent mean? What does it sound like? You know, looking at how do we, which I love what NCAN is doing, how do we stop it before it happens? What, how do we get to the abusers so they're not a repeat offender? There's so many different ways we can attack this and approach it. And if we can talk to our children and have those uncomfortable conversations, mm -hmm. if we can step in, what do we do for the abused children so they don't abuse again mm -hmm. and 
having that uncomfortable conversation and the conversation of, okay, now let's take the survivors and, and now let's heal. Let's empower all survivors. Let's, let's not treat survivors like a victim. They were already a victim. Let's not continue the victimhood. There's so many things we can put into place to, to help propel and empower. And I hope we can step into that. The fact that we're now having these conversations with, <clears throat> with NCAND and through my book and through others' books, I hope and pray that it, it leads to defeating and empowering. Yeah. I have no doubt. Like, I have no doubt. We are of the time where people are willing to have conversation. There isn't, um, there, I've never met anybody that is against ending child abuse and neglect. <laughs> and we have been able to, on so many other issues that people are even against we've been able to change so many things, policy and rights and community and, and conversation. And I mean, people back it, people get behind it, all of that. And there's even so many people that disagree with it. So on this topic, nobody disagrees with it. So I, I think it's cool. We are on our way. <laughs> Yay! Doing something great, right? And. And abuse happens in shame, abuse happens in cycle. And, uh, and you know, where do we intervene? Where do we step in? Where, where on that, that spectrum do we intervene in terms of prevention? And, and I say, let's just intervene on the whole thing. Yes. You know, there's enough of us that are against it, that you get that section, I'll get this section, you guys get that section. Like, let's just do that, right? We don't, it doesn't have to be a first things first. Let's just do an all and an and, you know? So, yes. um, yeah, so I'm just grateful. This is only the beginning of us. And um, I agree. I can't wait for where we're headed, where you're headed. I'm so proud of you. I'm so grateful for you. Um, you've inspired me in more ways than you even know. And um, I, I just thank you for being here with us and, and sharing your experience and your story. Well, thank you. And I can't thank you and Dick enough for what you're doing because this is how we change the world. Yeah. This is how we defeat and... I'm honored to know both of you and it's, it's awesome. Yeah, it sure and is. <laughs> it's going to change. I agree with you. It's going to change and it's going to keep propelling forward. And yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, I can't. Yeah. Let's do it. So, all right. Well, um, that wraps up our podcast for today. Thank you all so much for being a part of the the conversation louder than silence um, through the National Foundation to End Child Abuse and Neglect. You can check out Kathy's book on Amazon, right? Like I, I bought 25 copies of it a couple of weeks ago um, on Amazon, Broken to Beautifully Whole. And it's an, it's an amazing read. She is an amazing author and, and obviously an incredible woman. So thanks so much, my friend, and we'll be in touch soon. Thank you, my friend. 
I want to thank each of you again for joining us today and listening in. If you or someone you know is being abused, please call 1-800-4-A-CHILD. To learn more about ENDCAN, visit www.endcan.org or find us on all social media platforms. Join us in being louder than silence and being a part of the change. Please leave a comment, like our podcast, or share with your friends. The more the word spreads, the more of a collective impact we can have. If you have a question or you know someone who would want to be a guest on our podcast, please contact BeTheChange at EndCan.org. Thanks again and have a great day.